Hello everybody, it's me, the Angry Challenger, once again, sitting here with... Hey, it's the Dreaded Challenger, excited hey. to give you another pod. Yes, 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 hopefully you enjoyed our other pods, if you, I mean, if you heard them, if you didn't, that, go back and look at, you know, go, go check them out Get on, on SoundCloud, you know, go watch them on YouTube so you can see all those JPEGs I painstakingly screenshotted from my library of games. And let me tell you, I hope when you when you listen to them that, that you have as much fun listening to them as we have making them. Because yes. we do this, we do this just for fun. We've been doing this since 1987, yes. just for fun. Yeah, since 1987. Even though I am 29 years old, a year after I was born, I started recording these podcasts. So exactly, yeah. I was a small child when we started making podcasts about about all kind of fighting games. I pretty much came out of the womb with a headset. So yeah. Painful yeah. for my mom, but whatever. I could do a 360 before I can walk. That That's impressive, sir. I believe it, though. Right on. Break it down. What are we going to talk about today, Angry? Well, well today we're going to talk about organizing tournaments, our experience organizing. Uh, just in case any of you don't know, the new challengers, we're not just a couple of dudes pretending to be knowledgeable about fighting games. We're also... A couple of dudes that used to be in Kandahar, Afghanistan, hosting tournaments in our local USO. And today, we want to give you some advice that we have kind of like stirred up, mixed together, and concocted for you into a power potion of wisdom. And we're going to talk to you about how we do things. Now, our background is we've been hosting tournaments for how would how what do you want to say dreaded about three years three four years now yeah yeah i remember we still we have uh youtube videos if you go to our youtube page um for the new challengers you can scroll all the way back there's plenty of tournament uh footage but all the way back to our very first super street fighter for arcade edition 2012 footage which was a lot of fun so we've been doing it ever since then. That was probably back in 2013, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds about right. So we've yeah, been doing it from like early, early 2013, maybe 2012. So we've hosted tournaments overseas. We've hosted them, and not just fighting game tournaments, too. Oh no, 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 not at all. I mean, we we started uh, specifically fighting game tournaments, but then we moved into other things because not everybody. We got to give the people. You got to give the people what they want. That's true. And the troops, they love Call of Duty. They love Mario Kart. So we give them that. The uh, internationals, they love the FIFA. Yes. That, let me tell you, that's a long tournament right there. And when people demand Madden tournaments, yeah. That's forever. We had a 64-man Madden tournament. That was pretty interesting. Well, that's like three weeks. It was like its own season. Yeah. But anyway, what we're going to talk to you guys about is how to run a fun, exciting effective, fulfilling fighting game tournament. Yes. I think we should start at the very basics here, Dreaded. You have... From the very beginning. Advertising. Now, I don't know how you want to advertise. A lot of people like flyers. You know, we have social media and all that. But how you advertise is up to you. I can't tell you or anyone else how to advertise best because you've got to know your audience better than anyone else. If you're hosting tournaments on a college campus, then you obviously want to hit up, you know, your anime club, your video game clubs. You want to post up in a commons area, something like that. So you want to maybe use flyers. You want to use social media. You want to use things like that. For us in Kandahar, you know, a military-based kind of situation, you can't really post flyers wherever you want. 
and you can't do that in most places anyway. So you got to make sure you know where to get the right permissions and things like that. Stuff to think about. But in my opinion, social media is pretty much the way to go for advertising. Yeah, it's man. the cheapest way to do it. Anybody can get on PowerPoint, make a flyer, and export it as a JPEG and post it on Twitter, on Facebook, on MySpace. Do we, do we still use that? We're not doing that anymore. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Well, all right. Do well, not have yeah. MySpace account. We can uh, we can post everywhere. Post all that information everywhere, and of course, word of mouth that's viable as well. Absolutely. So yeah, once you get the word out, let's talk about scheduling this thing and setting it up. Okay. Because that's the that's the next phase. Yes. You got to know your audience. Got to make sure that they show up expecting to. To have the tournament ready. So before they start showing up, you got to be set up. So let's just say you have a couple game systems. You got to make sure the game systems are all set up, ready to go, tested. Put the game in. Make sure everything's working. Get your controllers working. If you have them, which you should, have some backup controllers. If people are going to come, make sure that you tell them, hey, we have a PS3 or a, a, you know, Xbox 360 or a PS4, what have you, and test that stuff before the tournament starts to make sure everybody's going to be every going everybody's going to be copacetic make sure the the screen the sound if you're using a projector make sure it's it's all set up before they show up so you know when they get there you start getting ready to go uh, very important make sure you have everything tested so you, you don't want you don't want people waiting when you say hey the tournament's going to start at 8 or sign up's going to start at you know 7:30 and you're still there you know doing tech support yeah you definitely want to make it so that when people come in they can see. It's a good aesthetic. They can see the games going. They can see the demo screens rolling. People can be practicing or whatever. It, it's a better feeling than if you walk into a tournament. Nothing is set up. Nothing is ready to go. Sign-ups are still rolling. That turns people off. That turns people away. It's little things like that. People just walk out. Yeah, and I mean, you might overlook things like that. Like, well, I'm just here to have fun or I'm just here to play. But the more professional of an event that you have, the more likely you're going to get people coming back a second, third, fourth time. The more serious you take it, the more serious they'll take it, the more serious fun everybody's going to have. Yes. Yes, indeed. Of course, the next phase of the setup is the human element. Yes. And it's important when you're scheduling this thing, let's say you're going to have it on a Friday night at your local college campus or USO or whatever have you. When you say, when you put those flyers out, Make sure that you put a tournament start time and a sign-up time. You know, people get there, you know, a little bit. They trickle in. Well, you know, you hype the event. We'll talk about hyping. But, um, you know, they'll trickle in. Make sure you have a designated sign-up time. Signing up ahead of the tournament, you don't just start. You don't just go because you need to set up the brackets. And we'll talk about brackets next. But you got to have that time so that everyone gets settled, everyone gets ready to play, and and then you can go on once you have everyone signed up, you have an idea of how long it's going to take. You can set up the brackets and then you can gather everyone that's ready to go and address them. Say, hey, the signups are over. We're going to explain the rules. We're going to set up the brackets and then we're going to get going. Make sure you have a timeline for all those things. Yeah, it, I see a lot of pitfalls. I've been in a, a few tournaments at conventions. One of the biggest pitfalls is they don't have a clear time when you can come sign up. They don't have a clear time when the tournament starts, and there's no timeline. And when there's no timeline, 
that's annoying because if there's no timeline before the tournament even starts, then how long is that tournament going to run? And we'll get into running like times and all that later, but I just want to express the importance of having a clear, defined timeline because once sign-ups are over, sign-ups are over. That's it. They should be, yeah. If you have a certain amount of televisions and games, understand that you can only have a certain amount of entrance. I've been to some convention tournaments where they want to include everyone. They just have like 133 people. They start out and there's like 30. Everybody comes at the last minute and then they all sign up. Hey, if you have a limit of 64 people, you have a limit of 64 people. First come, first serve. That's it. Yeah. And I know that it's not going to, you know, a lot of people are going to be upset about it, but you got to run it efficiently. If you start going over your limits, then you're not going to have a prime event. The next thing we're going to talk about, and this will feed right into it, the reason that you prep first is so that you have a fair bracket set up. Yes. When you set up the brackets, you're going to want even brackets, obviously. You don't want to have odd numbers because then it's going to be weird. But you, once you have your bracket set up, then you have your bracket set. And it's, it's best to have a dry erase board. And your bracketologist or whatever, whoever is in charge of the brackets, well, you know, write the names up there. They write the little lines like it's the final four, you know, like it's the Sweet 16 or whatever. They they draw it up so that people can see, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here in this tournament and I'm going to wait and I'm going to watch until it is my turn. So once you have all the people set and you have all the, the, the pools set, everyone knows, okay, I am one of 64 people that's going to play. I need to wait for my turn. If you don't have that set and if you don't have that out – People are going to come in and come out, and it's not fair for the people who are signing up wanting a fair tournament. If people are leaving and you got to reset the brackets, and then pretty soon it's not going to be a fair tournament. So once you have the sign-up time, the brackets set up, your knowledge of the brackets, have it up, have it ready to go. And then once the tournament starts, man, you just have it on automatic and, and make sure the bracket master, keep, bracket master keeps it going. There's a lot of phone apps and computer programs you can use to automatically make your brackets for you. And those are fantastic. But to go back to what Dreddit was saying about the dry erase board, just being able to see where you are in the tournament is huge for people, and it takes a lot of stress off the organizers. You don't want people coming up to you every 30 seconds asking, when is my match? Where am I at? Who am I going against? What station am I at? Where do I go now? Where am I in this tournament? You know, am I seated? Am I not seated? Do I have a buy? What's going on? If you have a dry erase board and all their names up there and someone maintaining that, there's not going to be a question as to where people are in the tournament. They can just look and see, and that will keep people away from you. Because I know I've been in situations where I've had to ask the organizer, and he had the brackets on his phone, and people kept dropping out, and he had to keep messing around with his phone. And I kept asking him, like, well, where am I, man? I mean, you know, I know you said I had a buy, but two people just left, so where am I supposed to be? And he had to sit there and keep dabbing around. It's easier for everybody. You can all have access to the board. And when you make those brackets, make sure they're made before the tournament starts. Don't get everyone's oh, name. Yeah. And then, hey, the tournament starts at 8 p.m. Okay, now we're going to make the brackets at 8, because then you're going to have a bunch of people who are just standing around. People want to start yeah. when the tournament is supposed to start. They don't want to hang out and watch you write on a board or type on your phone or computer. Yeah. They want to know. As soon as that 8 o'clock rolls around, you want to say, 
these are the rules. You and you, you and you, you and you. Go to your stations. Let's let's write, rock and roll this, you know. It's definitely easier if you have two people. One on crowd control, one on brackets. The more people you know you have running the tournament, the better. But at least two, it makes it a lot better because if you're running the brackets and having to run the station and watch over the people and everything, it makes it hard. Get two people, have uh, one one uh, uh, dedicated bracket master who announces, okay, this person's going there. This person's now in loser's bracket, and he's seated right here. You know, running that thing, running that, that dry erase board. Don't let anyone else touch it. Uh, and then the other person uh, running the stations and, and making making the calls and everything. Uh, it just makes everything run so much smoother. Yes. And I want to talk about next, we're talking about brackets, brackets, brackets. If you're going to run a tournament, make yourself into somewhat of a bracketologist, a bracket scientist, if you will. Because there's all kind of different kinds of tournaments out there. There's point tournaments. There's round robin tournaments. There's single elimination, which is the I guess the the most common playoff style. Or there's the double elimination, what they use at, at Evo, where they have winners brackets and then they have losers brackets, where you have to lose twice to get knocked off. There's round robin. There's you know all kind of different ones. Take some time, research them. They're all kind of different fun. Different games actually lend themselves to different styles of brackets. So, uh, do you want me to go into Smash and, 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 and the party games, or yeah, let's well, let's yeah, yeah, let, let's let's go, go over ahead. that a little bit because, as as you said earlier, we don't just host Street Fighter tournaments, we don't just host Mortal Kombat. We've done Call of Duty, we've done Mario Kart, we've done NBA Jam. All those tournaments run differently. Mario Kart, I can't just make four people go in there and say, okay, well, you beat you and you beat you, so you two advance. No, I, what I was doing is doing like a strike system. So if you come in first or second place, then you don't get a strike. The other people get a strike and move on. Be creative with how you fit, you make your brackets, but also have multiple brackets ready and styles for when the tournament starts because you don't know exactly how many people you're going to get before the tournament starts. Once that exactly. time hits, though, anybody that wants to enter after the fact... That's really your call, but I recommend that you have a cutoff, a definite cutoff time. For us in the USO, we're just trying to have, you know, help people have fun. So the cutout time is kind, is kind of uh, loose. So what we do instead is, is after the first round is over, I don't accept any more entrance. That gives people a little bit more time to jump in. Yeah, and it gives you some time to, uh, to adjust your bracket, you know. Yes. Now for yeah. party games... Like right. Smash Brothers or PlayStation All Stars, rest in peace, PlayStation All Stars. What you can <laughs> do is stock battle. Now, here's the problem with PlayStation All Stars: stock battle is not good. Now you have a case of two games that are very similar in nature, have a, the same type of competitive feel, but not the same concept. I knew a guy; he tried to run a PlayStation All Stars tournament, like a Smash Brothers tournament, and I, I took the the organizer aside, and I said, hey, man, have you ever hosted a PlayStation All-Stars tournament? And he told me no, but it was pretty much the same as Smash, and I told him, no, it's not the same as Smash. PlayStation All-Stars doesn't have a stock time limit. That's important for party games, because in party games, you have this arena, you're jumping around. People will run down the clock. You don't want to have some guy or girl jumping around playing keep away for 10 minutes and that's exactly what happened 
the first round of the PlayStation All-Stars tournament. We had to do time matches. So if you're going to do a party game, please implement time into the equation there. Because if there's yeah, no absolutely. time in the equation, then it's just going to run for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and and definitely, so you know, party games allow you because of their unique unique attributes. You can have four to eight people, at, you know, all at once or whatever. And, you know, you there's some there's some different ways. Like if you get a ton of people for a Smash tournament, there's ways that you can get as many people through as possible and, and make it make it fun for everybody. But uh, it's up to you for you know to research. You know, it's a little bit of trial and error, but uh, you know, no two games really bracket out the same way. Uh, as long as we're about to. Uh, you know, finish up on this bracket thing. I want to talk about the difference between single elim- elimination and double elimination real quick. Single elimination, you go you go head to head, and if you lose, you're out. It's like you know March Madness or whatever. You just live to fight in the next round. It's the playoffs or whatever, which is cool. But let's say you know you have an hour to kill, and you got like eight people, and you want to do it double. First of all, you gotta have, you gotta be an expert bracketologist to do double elimination. Where you know if you lose, you go to the next round, and then it obviously the course the biggest thing is it doubles the time that you're going to play if you want to do double elimination to give everyone a second chance it's going to double your time but you got to have the bracket set before you go in and make sure like and you can count you, you should be able to see it in the brackets um there's some great uh websites out there like jarvis said about the apps uh where you can print out a double elimination bracket and you can see okay the loser of this one goes here and then when you get to grand finals you play, and then you get the reset, and then you play again. That's the way Evo is. But it doubles your time, and it can be a lot of fun if you have the time to do it. Those are just things to consider. Yes. Brackets for me, I'm not the bracket master like Dreaded is, so I count on him to provide me with the brackets. But when he's not here, I've just got to go online and just look for brackets or ask somebody for help. It's just that simple. I'm not going to go into the tournament and run some lackluster event with messed up brackets you want to do your research just like you want to do your research on different games like if if you're not if you've never hosted a call of duty tournament before go online and read how do they do their brackets how do they do their timing how do they do their rounds you can do any how do they do their rules yeah you can do any tournament any any tournament just put in the time to do research and if nobody's ever done it before then experiment experiment do what you know based off of your experience. You know, I've been hosting tournaments for a while, and no, they're not giant Evo-sized tournaments, but we've had a 64-man tournament. We've had weeks where we've had 27 to 30 people coming in twice a week to play, and we're in a busy USO center with hundreds of people wandering around. Bringing me to my next point, if you have a tournament, whether it be on a campus, in a USO, at a convention, consolidate the area in which you're actually having the tournament. Don't have it spread out all over the place. Tell everybody where they need to be and expect them to be there. Make a definite time limit for how long they have before their next match starts. And at the same time, be fair about that. If somebody doesn't know when they play, how can you expect them to be there? That's where the dry erase board comes in handy or something written down or projected on a screen so they can all see it. Yeah. And once everything is together and the people are together and everyone's kind of keyed on the tournament master, you know, who's, who's the MC, 
the guy who's running it, man, things go so much faster and so much smoother because you're not you're not hunting people down. They're ready to go. They want to play. And on top of that, it gets so much more fun and hype and exciting because everyone's watching that main screen. Everybody's watching everybody else. It makes for a better tournament. Make sure you keep it compact, just like uh, just like Angry said. And if you're in a really busy area like a uh, recreation center or a convention, you're going to have a lot of people rubbernecking, spectators coming in to watch. That's the case. You're going to want to have a good color commentator to entertain everyone because I can guarantee you right now that, especially at a convention, if someone loses, they're going to leave. There's other things going on in that area that they can do. They don't need to hang out. If you want people to hang out, you want to, to attract people to where you are, you're going to need an announcer, a good announcer, and a commentator in something like a main screen so people can play on and everyone can see at the same time. Yeah. It helps if you have a microphone or some sort of PA system or, you know, if you're just ridiculous and tall and you can just talk over everybody. It really yes. does help. Yes, it keeps it does. You, it keeps, you know, not for you to be the center of attention, but to keep everybody's attention on the action and, and everything flowing. They'll key to you. And it'll make it more fun. Now, my favorite part, you know, Jarvis starts mentioned it. My favorite part is the commentary. You know, I like to be a bracketologist, but uh, angry is hilarious. And, and, and we just have a lot of fun hyping up the action. We'll talk about how Blanca's throwing them sparks or, or, or Ken's, Ken's throwing more shuriukens. Or the fact you know, that we'll make so jokes. Poor. Oh, we'll just throw in jokes. You know, uh, Hakan killed my family. You know, stuff like that. I don't yeah. know. It keeps everyone... It keeps everyone keyed into the action. Uh, we have fun doing it, and people have fun listening to us for some reason. I guess you know, yeah. even if we're even if we're, we're doing something like Call of Duty or Mario Kart, the extra uh, added color commentary. If you if you know what you're doing, it adds that extra layer of spice that makes makes people want to come back. You know, yeah. uh, I think one of our hypest tournaments was that PlayStation All Stars. Where a guy who never played the game won with Fat Princess. Yes, man. Yes, uh, that that video is up on our on our, our uh, interest page. Yes, yeah, on a, I YouTube definitely page. encourage you to check that one out. It's hilarious. But we were hyping it up, and people who had never played that game before were so into it. And yeah, that's my favorite part of the, uh, of the tournament, right there. We got a lot of people playing. Personally, it's something I like to do when I host tournaments in the USO. Is I enjoy wearing a turkey hat. <laughs> I wear the same <laughs> hat every week. So when I'm wearing the turkey hat, soldiers will come up to me and ask, what tournament do we have today? Because I'm wearing a turkey hat. When I wear that turkey hat, I'm like seven feet tall walking around. And now, listen, you don't to have to me. go out and buy a hat that's shaped like a turkey. Do your own thing. Yes. That, that identifies you as the MC or make it, make it different. You know, that's... I love that turkey hat. When I go to tournaments and conventions, a lot of times, like say uh, Screw Attack or someone's hosting a tournament, they'll all wear their same t-shirts, something like that. If you're going to host a tournament in a busy area with a lot of people walking around, you want to make absolutely certain that you have something on that differentiates you from everybody else in the crowd. So that you are the MC. Yes. I might dress up like Kick for a dive kick tournament or... I might wear a turkey hat. In any case, I want to be noticeable so people know where to go to ask questions and where to go if a controller breaks. They can run up to me, hey, my controller doesn't work, and I can run across the USO, get them a new controller, and look like a guy 
a grown man in a turkey hat sprinting across the USO. But, you know, <laughs> I do it for the truth. No, like, yeah, you know, you do. And like we said before, it's good to prep and have all these things ready. But it's good to have, like, a, you know, spare peripherals on hand because you never know what's going to happen. Case in point, Evo 2015, Ugh. Momochi and Gamer B were locked in an epic struggle. And Momochi, he was in grand finals, the last match. It was tournament point for Evo. There was like $100,000 on the line. And his stick dropped off. Like, it's his stick got disconnected. Uh. And it dropped. That's on him, though. I mean, that's not on the tournament. But stuff like that might happen. Now, he, uh, I think he got his wife's stick and went on to actually, like, he they they dropped the round. Like, because his stick goals. malfunctioned. <laughs> Relationship yeah. goals, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> If he hadn't have been, you know, you know, fortunately married to one of the only female gamers at the tournament, you know, who knows yeah, what Mamachi would be right now. But he had to give up a round. He had to give up a round, but he he came back and took it from Gamerby. Um, but the the point is, you know, be prepared for those kind of things, for glitches. You know, have an extra controller on hand just in case. Yeah. You and listen, wanna... you're going to learn from experience about how long these tournaments take. Definitely, it's going to be a learning experience the first time you go through, but you'll you'll get there. Uh, you know, you, you'll start to get the hang of it. The more you do them, the better you'll get. But hopefully, we've helped you out today and got you on a good path to to really start uh, throwing some amazing tournaments. All I got to add to that is, people are going to leave. Don't let it hurt your feelings. Just keep it rolling because there are people still there playing. I know at the USO they have a lot of events going on, so people will just they'll just walk out. Just be ready for people to leave the tournament. Just be ready for people not to like what you're doing. Be ready for people to question how you do your rules. It's fine. It's your event. People are still going to have fun. That's all I got to say on that. Right on. Well, I think uh, I think this is going to be a help to someone to really to really start something special. And I can't wait to hear about all of the uh, just the awesome tournaments that that people are going to start throwing out there because it's a lot of fun. You can really you know, create a, an amazing scene for whatever game you're playing in the place, you know, you you are. Yeah, you just got to remember that some of the pitfalls, not having a timeline, not being prepared, not setting your brackets up early enough can really kill the whole mood of the tournament. And be prepared if a lot, you might have a lot of people come in. Have a plan for that. Have a plan for everything. Yeah, Absolutely. Remember, the more professional you are and the seri- the more serious you take this, the more serious everyone else is going to take it. And they're going to have some serious fun. Yeah, wear a turkey hat. I mean, go ahead and do that. Carry an alpaca in your pocket. That'll, that'll work too, right? It, you know what? It's worked for us in the past. It has worked for us. And if you want to see our tournaments we've hosted in the USO, you can go check out our YouTube channel. I'll be posting up updates here on Facebook. I had to push back the Call of Duty tournament. That's kind of lame, but you know. Yeah, what can you do? No, what can So you do we have any shout-outs before we sign out? Shout-outs for today. Well, um, maybe not necessarily a shout-out. Uh, have you been watching the whole beta issue with Street Fighter V? Yeah. Yeah, that take they that just, down, uh, man. They, they took it down. A lot of people couldn't get on. That's crazy. Street Fighter V released a beta uh, as of July 27, 2015. They had to take that sucker down. They did. I, honestly, I think... I think everyone was trying to get up in it, on it. 
uh, and it was causing the server so much issues. But you know what? I'm not salty. You know why? They don't have to give us a beta. They don't. They're doing it to test it out. And you know what? Street Fighter V on release will be that much better for it. Yeah, that, they know now. They know what their servers can handle, and I'm glad that this didn't happen when the game was officially released because that would have been terrible. I have a I have a shout out. What's up? Uh, I want to shout out to GameStop. I know they're a big you know corporate store and whatnot, but I go to my local GameStop and uh, I tell them I give them my business card. I'm a founding member of the New Challengers. Uh, we're helping troops overseas with uh, video game tournaments and what have you, and they have donated uh, lots of like promotional material and, and different cool things posters and, and lanyards and, and bracelets and you know it's just some stuff that we give out for participants and winners of tournaments uh so shout out to them yes uh thank you they've, they've been really cool that's another tip if if you actually are doing tournaments for some sort of nonprofit, you can go to places like gamestop and just explain what you're doing and usually the manager will be really cool and give you some concessions you know you know, they'll, they'll, uh, I think last time I went there, they got a lot of those GameStop bracelets, and we gave them out to participants of a, of a tournament. Um, some stuff we gave away as grand prize. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you can. So even shout out places, to GameStop. In a place like Best Buy and FYA too, and sometimes they can help you out with movie posters and stuff like that. Pretty much, people like prizes. Think about where Sweet you are the when deal. you give out when you give out the prizes, because I know out here a lot of people don't really like giant posters because they don't really have anywhere to put them, but. <laughs> hey, the USO walls could use a few posters, and we put them up. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I guess, it, and as far as, like, actual shout-outs have to go, I'm always a fan of Focus Attack. They sell really great products. I've taken my hitboxes, and I've customized them quite a bit. And all the parts I've ever bought are from Focus Attack. They have really fast shipping. I've never had an issue with them. And you have an, uh, they have a customer appreciation program. So the more stuff you buy from them, you get points. It's really great. Awesome. So I think we're going to close out here today. We've done our shout-outs. Uh, don't really have anything else to add. Uh, it's really sad to hear about the beta for Street Fighter V, but hopefully they get everything cleaned up and ready to go. Thoughts and prayers, Capcom. We're Godspeed, Capcom. Godspeed. We're behind you. Yes. Well, like we're <laughs> actually behind you, like pushing you. Like, hurry up. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess at this point we do the whole until the next challenge. Thing. Until the next challenge. Thank you so much for listening. Until yes. the next challenge. Until the next challenge.